0: FL Studio
1: sucks. FL Studio 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 Studio sucks. Hi, and welcome to EDM Obscura. Is I, your host, Hypotech, just Hypotech. No one else here listening in. You know, we had other people who were hosting the show, and, you know, now we don't. Life is weird, we move on, and hopefully we keep our artistic integrity with us along the way. And speaking of artistic integrity, we have stupid underscore fried with us (laughs) today. Uh, We're going to be discussing his work, the innumerable amount of songs he was trying to send me to make this a (laughs) audio music only podcast as opposed to a uh, kind of sarcastic and ironic discussion of what of his life, I, guess, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, how's it going?
2: I should probably tell you my name so you're not calling me stupid for the next hour. Unless you really want to. I don't take offense. I'm kind of used to it. Um, I would kind of love that. So maybe we just keep <laughs> keep it there. I, I, I give you permission to um, if, if you Perfect. needed it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 2020. That's forgiveness right? kind of guy. Anyways, uh, so my actual name is Evan uh i produce under the alias of stupid fried just kind of i don't know why not there's there's some science and reasoning behind it and it ties into oh, let's get into that the logo um i can certainly explain it for you if you'd like um there's definitely the uh the hilarious and awkward conversation that i had with my parents at the beginning of getting into all of this when i had to try to explain to them that it was not about smoking <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which I I would still defend that it isn't. Uh, you can draw whatever dots you'd like, but uh, but yeah, uh, I don't exactly know how I'm gonna show the logo unless I can screen share. But I don't imagine that that's uh, standard practice uh, here. No. If you work. send
1: that to me, I can I can screen share it.
2: Oh, okay. Um, but also I, probably
1: not great for the recording of it. <laughs> so maybe just like send yeah. a link.
2: Yeah. So I'm not just like silently here doing things, but uh yeah basically um, it's uh, audio only what
1: let's keep it let's keep
2: it audio exactly we we don't want to we don't want to give an experience that an audio listener would would not be able to be clued in on but basically uh it's it's kind of multifold the reasoning when i was coming up with a list of possible names to release music under. I, I immediately knew I didn't want to use just my name because that's no fun, you know. And then if I ever make like absolute garbage music, then I don't want to. I want to garbage music directly tied to my real name, you know. Right. Uh, not that that's ever so. The just it's just insecurity, but, really, is what um, you're getting at. It's it's all yeah exactly in the name of obscurity. Um, so so I was trying to think of uh, some names and so I wanted it to be on the shorter side. I didn't want something super long. And, uh, I wanted it to be, uh, kind of like familiar words, things that people already know they use decently often right. in conversation, something you know, catchy. Yeah. It, it kind of rolls off the tongue. And so initially I was thinking of like, you know, so do I pick like a combination of two words, or do I have actually two words separately? And the combination of two words was a little, a little too obscure, and so I had to scale back the obscurity and and only be moderately obscure, and uh, and so it, I, I landed on stupid fried because I was like, okay, stupid, you know, it, it can kind of mean, in a sense, like in a, an extreme aspect of something. It, sort of in certain contexts, right. it can be. A replacement of very um, and, uh, and and then certain
1: f- communities absolutely
2: sure uh and then and then the f- the fried aspect is is kind of more food related so if you try to think about what happens to food when you fry it you know it gets gets a bit of more flavor right there's there's an aspect right. of of more flavor and so it's it's like very much flavor is kind of the you know in the sense if i'm if i'm remixing a track uh if it's got that as the you know stupid fried remix, it's it's like a extra flavor remix, and and it's like me putting my my own seasoning on top of uh, the existing track, and hopefully making it more more interesting. Um, right. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Flavor Town. <laughs>
1: Flavortown. We're going, uh, uh, speaking of Flavortown, so what sort of genres do you produce in typically?
2: Oh, geez. That's a challenge and a half. I ask myself that every time I open up Ableton. Um, I I really oh. do make a wide array of styles. I would say it's most most revolving around probably like your average four-to-the-floor genres, house and techno, tech house, all, all those unnecessary subgenres as far as most people are concerned it's boots and cats um so that right, that right. universe of music then kind of the chill hop trip hop lo-fi sphere of stuff um but then also um, so
1: no neuro hop because you mentioned like three other hops no neuro hop
2: I, I don't even know what neuro hop is maybe by accident never on purpose which isn't very neuro but you know maybe right. um accidental yeah, neuro mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah,
1: I don't think that's, that's like accidental genius.
2: (laughs) That's the goal, right?
1: (laughs) No, I mean, or you could, you know, be like myself, just a pure intellectual master (laughs) in kind of all your
2: endeavors. (laughs) Ah, it's the dream. Um, but, uh, and then also some, some kind of more synth heavy stuff, more, more bass in your face, uh, kind of music, um. But I've also made like a drumless composition before. Uh, I experimented, made a heavy rock track early on in this in this whole experience, um, and and I'm not. And
1: when you say this whole experience, how what what sort of time frame are we talking?
2: So I only started making music in general in the capacity that I am now probably 18 months ago. Um, okay, cool, I was cool. visiting my brother in New York and. Uh, I'd been a DJ Great for a number of years in college, and and I just uh, I was like, okay, you know, it's cool to play other people's tunes, but what if I made my own? And so when I was there, I was asking if we could go check out, you know, some big music store. Being the Midwestern person that I am, uh, I, I only know like Guitar Center because that's what's here. And he goes, no, 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 don't go to Guitar Center. We'll go to Sam Ash. And so we went to the Sam Ash music store. Uh, no. That's
1: not much more of a step. I know, up, and
2: that's why it's so funny. But he's like, "No, go to Sam Ash. It's a better company." And I wasn't trying to get into like that's the if we're talking about pointless arguments. It's like fighting someone over Guitar Center versus Sam Ash, and and maybe there is an argument to be made, but uh, but yeah. So I I, I went in there. I spent like two hours in that music store while my brother was going to take care of some other stuff, and I was just playing around with a, a machine. Uh, they had a bunch of Native Instruments equipment, and you know that's
1: okay. So that's the Native Instruments yes. equipment, the machine, not just a a kind of device of sorts, an ambiguous device.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, literal machine, not not just any of their hardware. Though I literally every hardware piece I have, uh, they're all just mini controllers by Native Instruments. I I, I don't know if I'd say I'm a fanboy. I just happen to have like they do a good job of keeping you in the you know, the suite of products. It's kind of like Apple, but it feels right. They kind of keep you in there scammy, sort of scammy, you know? Um, but yeah,
1: wait, less scammy than Apple.
2: I don't know. Maybe. I don't know about that one. That
1: one's going to get the, uh, I got sound effects ready for this one. And I think this one will get the sound effect. Nope. Not even sugar. <laughs> Jesus. I was all ready for that. And just nothing. Uh.
2: That's unfortunate, but uh, That's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just it, it, every company's got their scammy tactics. That's just business, right? But uh, but I, I I don't feel like uh, like they're the enemy, as so many people seem to f- feel about Apple. Uh, but maybe, maybe I just but haven't but talked. There was also right. a
1: lot of like ra- racism claims about Machine like earlier this year. Well. And Apple kind of seems to be re- doing reasonably well at fighting for the privacy of people in some way.
2: Yeah, and then they release a new iPhone, and then everyone complains that they have to get a new phone. But here I am with like an iPhone six, so you know I'm living in the right. stone careful, age. careful!
1: They're gonna make it into a, a legacy product. <laughs> they the five this year.
2: Yeah, I am gonna have to get a new phone pretty soon. I'm just I was waiting for it to break, but now. Like, I'm not, I'm not out and about as much as I used to, so there's not as many chances for me to accidentally break my phone, you know? Like, I've, I've had the same case since I've owned it. I actually took my screen protector off just to see if it would break. Still hasn't. I'm waiting. I don't know.
1: Interesting. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I took my case off for the first time in a while uh, yesterday, and it just... Every time I take my iPhone case off, I realize how much I don't want to have a case on it. <laughs> you know, like how much nicer it feels in your hand with that one.
2: It scares me, honestly. It like it feels. Oh, too, it's it feels too good. Like I, I don't like right. that it makes me feel the way it feels. You know, I'm like ah, I shouldn't feel this way. It's a, it's a piece of technology. You know, but uh, it, it, it also is like I don't know. It reminds me of the fragile nature of the device and how much it costs, and, and then anxiety ensues. So I put it back on.
1: Yeah, no, same, same, 100%. Um, but maybe talking more about production, so you kind of hinted at the fact that you're using a lot of native instrument stuff. So what would you say your uh, go-to VSTs are? And also, what DAW do you use?
2: I am an Abletonian, so.
1: Abletonian? Yes. Okay.
2: I. But I only started using Ableton in uh, um, in, like, March of this year, I was making full tracks in Machine for the first couple months of the year. And uh, I actually set out this year to try to release a track every week. So that's where I've hit that crazy number I mentioned to you in, in a private message earlier where I'm at, like, 35 on the year. Um, right. And I, I fell out of out of pace, but I'm planning to finish up a bunch of work in progress stuff to close out the year and, and still hit the mark. Um,
1: nice. Have you tried that? Um, Reddit has like that r slash uh, song a week thing.
2: No, I actually didn't know that existed. I, there was just a guy yeah, they who's, give you- who's in my area that was doing the same thing and I felt inspired and decided to give it a go.
1: Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, no, they, um, yeah, they come up with a different theme every week, that kind of thing. And the goal is to do it for a year, but, it's i don't know i find it like after six songs in a row i get burnt out pretty bad
2: yeah i don't i don't know i think i might just be like immune to to that it's it's really as long as i don't get immune to burnout i not not literally i did sort of burn out in the sense but that's because i tried to do a track a day like a madman for march i was like oh march madness let me let me kick it up, let me do, we you know, track a madness. week feels easy now, and then I was trying to do one a day, and I, I got, like, very familiar with Ableton, but it just, it, it, like, hurt physically, because I was, I, I was taking too long, and, and it just, oof, like, finished, just started to mean more and more, and so that means a little bit more time, potentially, uh, you know, because it takes a while to get a really efficient process, but it, it just, it threw me out of balance and I had to scale it back.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I can imagine that would be kind of a daunting sort of thing. Um, but what VSTs are you using when you're doing this? And like, how much of that is sound design and how much of this is like, are you like a preset junkie or are you like a heavy sound design
2: guy? Uh, uh-uh. uh. I've used a few presets um, in the tracks that I've posted, like, o- occasionally. Um, presets, I, I would say, is like, you know, I'll use contact instruments and, and those, you know, really are all sample based. And so there's not a whole lot that you do unless you're making your own contact libraries, which is, I mean, talk about is the juice work, the squeeze, like probably not unless you have some great equipment and you really know how to really know how to use it. Um, But I, I spent a lot of time in the original Massive for Uh, just for a a while, for months. And that's what I learned sound design on was the original Massive, even though that started, you know, say October of last year was when I really dove into synthesis. And uh, I didn't have Serum until maybe a month ago at most. Um, And that's, that's crazy to anyone who's like also really into synthesis for me to say that and then also say I didn't have Serum for all this time, it's like it sounds like I'm just a liar. But um, for me, I just never had a reason to look elsewhere because I was able to just hear a sound in my head and I could make it happen with what I had in front of me. Um, very early on in learning how to make music, someone kind of reinforced the idea in my mind that you know you can get 200 DAWs or 200 plugins, right? And you can get them for the presets, but eventually you're going to run out of presets that really meet what you need or, or you're just, you're like, Holy shit, I'm spending too much money, whatever it might be. Uh, eventually it's just a good thing to learn something to its every corner and really know how to work it. And right, I right. figured, you know, massive was the only synth that I really had that was, you know, of that kind of class of really, really versatile. Of course, there's some stuff, plenty of other options in the Native Instruments sphere because I've had the complete bundle Massive for a while. Massive X, for example. <laughs> so I, I was really excited when that came out, but I didn't start using it right away after uh, you know, the release because there were some features that it took away that I wasn't so happy with, with you know, not having the, the envelopes uh, animated and, and morph. And so I, f- I just kind of slept on it. I had it. I just didn't use it until the update came out that added some like basic quality of life stuff to... Make it at least on even ground with its predecessor. Um, Right. So native instruments, native instruments, native instruments.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got my sound effects gone. Nice. This is the one priest. This is really the only priest that I think you need. I mean, it's, I'm just it's derailing the interview for no reason. Speaking <laughs> of which, um, what are your thoughts on the uh, presidential election that just happened? Oh
2: God, it's politics. Please, let's move on. I do not, I do not like talking about all this stuff. I will say, I am, I am happy with what most of the public seem. Well, I don't even know if it's most of the public, but at least the people that I'm exposed to directly and the media sources that I see, uh, I, I'm content with what I think is the outcome, but, uh, I think it'll take some time for all the dust to settle and, you know, the, the dissent and disagreement to kind of, you know, fizzle down where we're all still very worked up about all this. And, and, you know, I don't think anyone should feel like their opinion is invalid or, or marginalized. Cause at the end of the day, like everyone has their opinion for a reason and of course you know not all reasons are equally good but everyone is entitled to their opinion and and should have the chance to make their voice be heard you know the all the good ideals if if intentions and execution were actually in alignment with like what you know we say we built this country upon i don't want to get into like a yeah exactly Uh, i don't want to talk about all this kind of stuff but uh but yeah i'm 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 just glad it's over. I, I do not like talking politics or thinking politics. You know, I vote because it's the right thing to do, in my opinion. I'm, I'm just right, a big yeah. supporter of of voting in general. I'm not going to say anything beyond that because that's this is not uh, <laughs> this is not territory that's often good to get into. Uh, I mean, it's
1: a pretty pretty central to the show.
2: <laughs> unless you want to go there, but I. I would rather yeah, I'm, not I'm, go deep just because, you know, it... Uh,
1: I mean, I want to be respectful to you, but I would also just kind of love to go... There.
2: It's it's just not something that I give a lot of thought into. You know, I, I give it the appropriate amount of thought in the sense that I I am informed enough to make a decision on who I feel should be, you know, filling which position. Um, but right. my my thought on politics is the system is flawed, and therefore the whole conversation just, you know it's, it's just so frivolous in a lot of ways. Like it just, it doesn't feel like it, you know, we can, we can get huffy puffy. We can, we can be an echo chamber of agreeing with each other in different words. Um, But it, you know, I think, I think it's going to take so much more than, than just, you know, doing what we're doing and and progressive change or enhancement to, to really make a difference. And, and I think, you know create a a society where like nobody feels marginalized and and everyone is is treated fairly right um right right you know i i'd like to think i have good moral values but i'm sure there's someone out there who probably thinks i'm a total douchebag and that's okay you know we're probably not friends (laughs) it's
1: probably true hopefully i don't know um yeah no i mean i think i kind of agree with you sort of fundamentally watching um my uh, knight in shining armor get, the, uh, get his wings clipped year after year has um, been a very troubling thing and supporting the people who are clipping his wings is something that uh, I have personally struggled quite a bit with. And I would agree with you that the sort of issues are more systemic than they are um, I guess um, down the middle so to speak. Um, but speaking of being down the middle, um, Ableton Live 11 came out. Oh yeah. Or has been announced. What are your thoughts on that? You seemed very excited about it earlier. You were saying that Ableton Live 11 was like the child you never knew you wanted, but now that you see that you could have it, you're very happy that it's come into the world.
2: You know, even though I didn't tell you that, I think you somehow read my mind. Uh, I, I don't entirely disagree. Uh, I can't take any credit for it. So I don't think truly being like a child is, uh, is totally on the nose, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think Ableton 11 is some like really exciting big news. I think anyone who's using 11 or using Ableton, uh, has a good reason to update to Ableton 11, even if it's an additional cost. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, we all wish we could get free upgrades on everything, but um, you know, you'd like, like to hope that when you're spending money to buy a product that those dollars go back into, you know, helping pay their developers good money or helping expand the organization, right, all that kind of stuff. Um, now I don't know enough at a detailed level to say, you know, if, if those dollars are getting well spent or if it just goes right into the, you know, the, the top pockets. Uh, I'm sure a large right, right. sum does. It's it's an organization, and and most are structured more or less as such. But I think I think it's exciting. I think it brings a lot of features that have been long asked for. I think they're pretty anticipated, um, and and I think it also gives a lot of people who maybe you know stopped using it for one reason or another, or or didn't decide to get into it. Uh, gives them a reason to at least consider it because it does bring some features that, you know, like for people who do a lot of vocals, you know, the the addition of a comping feature like that, that makes it much, much more useful for like a a bunch of people who are probably vocalists first and producers second, or or people who are vocalists and make their own stuff. So, you know, I was, I was watching a ton of videos, you know, not too long ago about how, you know, a, a good amount of people are, you know, they'll they'll use Ableton and then when they need to record vocals, they're switching DAWs to somewhere else so that they can just do vocal comping and, and integrate vocals into the mix and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And,
1: and what DAWs would they, like, switch to typically?
2: Uh, a pretty common one I see is Pro Tools. Um, you know, it's kind of... I don't want to say it's the industry standard, but it is a very common one in, in, like, major studios. It's a little bit more like you know it's 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 kind of like well we've always done it this way so we do it this way and and that's sort of pro tools but it does have from what i've seen i haven't used it directly but i i saw a good breakdown that really made a compelling case for why if you do spend a lot of time doing vocal recording vocal processing and vocal comping all that kind of stuff it it is a very robust daw for that purpose i think for someone who works with a lot of audio, somebody who does a lot of recording of instruments, uh, it it's very, you know, robust in that way. Um, right. I obviously have my own bias towards Ableton, um, but I don't record any instruments. Almost everything I do is MIDI, except for like one time I think I sneezed into the mic to record it and use it as a sweep or something like that. Like, you know. Yeah, I was gonna me. ask. Would you? Are
1: you? Are you a vocalist?
2: Oh god, no. no. I hate the sound of my voice. I'm probably not going to listen to this recording, to be quite honest.
1: <laughs> well, that's a little little, ru- little rude. Not going to hurt the view count.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's more so that I just, it, I hear my own voice and I'm like, do I really sound like that? Because it's not, it's not what I think I sound like, except I've heard myself recorded before. And so I know that's how I sound, but it's not how I hear myself talk. Just right
1: the uh, head voice as it were
2: yeah because you know i'm hearing a vibration or i'm feeling the vibrations of my vocal cords so you know everyone's always like oh man i thought my voice was deeper and i'm just like well it's just nasally guess that's how it is
1: right <laughs> yeah i mean that's i think that's the reality i think part a lot of uh the early episodes of this podcast i had a hard time listening to because of that reason but you know eventually you get, you get over it i think like um so many of our kind of more childish sort of uh, child insecurities. Yeah. But then, you know, you try to sing and then you realize, Oh, I still also can't like hold a tune. So there's
2: that as well. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, you know, that's a, I do not have good vocal control. Um, I, you know, the extent but, um, of, of my vocal training was like the absolutely required uh, early education c- course that I had. That was like, you know, you had to, do performing it was like a performing arts variety thing and so you had to do a little bit of singing a little bit of acting and a little bit of dancing and i was like i hate all of these so this was just really great um not not a fan of acting i i really commend those that are great actors but it's not for me i
1: what about like a comedy who you ever see yourself doing like being like a comedian
2: i don't know if i can be purposefully funny
1: oh I mean, you know, there's an, I think there's an art to it.
2: Yeah. I just, like, I, I, I think I you have could, to have sort of a, a, no shame sense to yourself. Uh, you have to, you have to just be like really self-aware. Not that I don't feel like I'm self-aware in, in a number of ways, but I, I just don't right. see Right. I mean, that
1: that's too. what we want to talk about on an EDM production podcast. How self-aware do you think you are? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
1: nope no comment (laughs) and you're i'm I'm, i feel like a rat in a cage right now in what sense i'm just like i have like so many just more aggressive questions i could ask you to try to try to trip you up and see if you would kind of play along with it and it's just like every time i throw you like every time i start motioning toward that direction you're kind of shutting me down
2: I, i don't know i guess uh I, I'm um, sorry to disappoint. Vital, vital.
1: that's the synth. <laughs> that's the synth. Vital, that's a synthesizer. Let's talk about Vital. Are you excited about Vital? Uh,
2: you know, I didn't even know what Vital was to be honest until I saw Mr. Bill uh, go on go on Twitch and do some sound design in it. And then I looked it up and I saw some other people. Right. Well, about well, what was
1: cool it. about the way he did it um, on Twitch is he was able to show able to show how powerful it was without actually exposing the interface ahead of time or anything.
2: Uh, were we watching the same stream?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, we were. Oh. It was really cool because the uh, <laughs> interface actually didn't pop up. Uh, had it what it was supposed to.
2: Uh, if that happened, I totally missed it. But I didn't hop on right away. But I've definitely wow. I've definitely had like a full... I was trying to give someone a like a, a synth tutorial. Trying to show them how to use... Uh, some of the basic features in Serum. And I, I don't know why they didn't say something sooner, but when I finally got done with like a 30-minute explanation of like, I just built a couple patches and kind of talked through the whole thing. And then they told me that they couldn't see the Serum window the whole time, but they just let me go on. Jeez. I was sharing Ableton, but not the screen. And you need to share the screen for the, the overlays to show up. And right, right. I was just like... <laughs> So you saw me just kind of taking my mouse and going like this for 30 minutes talking and, and just kind of sat there and, you know, let me run on. And then just at the end, hey, so was I supposed to see something? And it's like, oof, you know, maybe that's a reason to just kind of not give it a second go. But uh.
1: <laughs> well, uh maybe they were just maybe they were flirting with you. Maybe that was the whole thing. Who knows? You know, I don't know, let's not name any you know names, but you know, maybe they were they were flirting with you and they're kind of letting you, letting you talk.
2: Huh? That would be very, <laughs> <laughs> very, very uncomfortable. But
1: <laughs> all right, perfect. Uh, top. Let's get let's get let's let's get the audience to know you better as a person. Now, some of those questions. Um, what are your top five favorite animals?
2: Top five. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Sloth is definitely up there. I don't know if I can order them in in truly like a one, two, three, four. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a particular order. Is there a criteria that you want me to base this off of, or is this just arbitrary? I can decide how I want. These are my favorites.
1: I am trying to elucidate to the audience some more general points about your personality and get them to understand you as a person better.
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely a fan of sloths. I th- I think they're majestic creatures. They're just kind of... I wonder if they see all of us as like moving really fast or if they're just self-aware and they know that they're slow and they're just kind of okay with it. Um, right, like how it their just,
1: brain processes yeah, time. Yeah, it
2: really, it really makes me wonder, you know? Um, but anyways, so sloths, I mean, dogs, kind of the... If it's a cats or dogs thing, dogs... If you're asking me to pick, um, but really I, you know, I don't dislike cats. I think cats are a little weird, but like, I don't know. I think dogs are just a friendlier weird. Um, and uh, so if I'm going to go down the list, though, so we got we got sloths, we got dogs. Uh, I do like goats. I don't have a, a great science as to why, but goats amuse me. Um, Fair enough. Strictly for they its like to appearance, jump on things. they're fun. Uh, the proboscis monkey is one of the Funniest looking animals I've ever seen. Um, Is that
1: the one with the like very long face?
2: Uh, the very long nose.
1: Very long nose, right?
2: Yes. Uh, anyways, and um, ed- monkeys in general, I think they're super amusing because they're 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 humanoid in some of the ways that they move and express, but you know they also throw poop at each other. So, uh. right, which does happen in humans less less commonly but certainly does happen in a degraded enough state i'm sure i'm sure you could find it somewhere but uh
1: right or just you know children
2: uh, yeah yeah
1: the way uh the way 2 year olds like to play i
2: hope i wasn't throwing poop at that age but i don't even think i could throw at that age but who knows
1: Right, that wasn't. I wasn't trying to lead you to <laughs> admit that you had done that as a child, but if that's the way you want to take it, then that's that's more where I want this to go.
2: Uh, I don't know, um, but uh, yeah. So and then let's see. That's that's four. No, three. Wait, got it. I'm normally good with numbers, but I'm just you know not thinking about the. You're count. nervous. I get it. Um, but I also like kangaroos. I'm a fan of kangaroos.
1: Cool, cool. Um, you have, like, that movie, uh, Kangaroo Jack. That I, was a movie. I,
2: yeah, quality. But also, like, the 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 little gifs that you'll find on the internet of, like, the dude who, like, picks a fight with a kangaroo. I love those.
1: <laughs> love those.
2: Except I think it's happened more than once. I, I, I think I've seen oh, more it, than one. And then there's all the times it wasn't recorded. And the times it was recorded, but then the kangaroo broke the camera. You know, things like that.
1: Kangaroo often wins. I think we underestimate the power of their feet.
2: Yeah. It, it, you would right? think...
1: Because people think, like, I could outbox a kangaroo, like, which is a kind of normal drunken impulse, I think.
2: Yeah. that I, I don't but think anyone... then you
1: realize, like, the s- feet have the power.
2: Yeah. They're, and their, t- their tails are wicked, you know, strong, too. Like, if you watch how they move, their tails are, like, huge, huge part of, you know, what what keeps them balanced and and whatnot but uh yeah right. kangaroos that's another one and then i i think i have one more animal um but this would just kind of be like stretching uh because i don't really have a another one that comes really to mind but if i had to pick i guess i'll go aquatic and say dolphin
1: dolphin's good very smart yeah they ha- very rapey they
2: have porpoise
1: Nope. <laughs> um, but you also, I think you're a fan of insects. Is that correct?
2: Ah. Uh, well, those aren't really animals, but... Uh, no, actually, insects creep me this title out. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of... I, like, I'll, I'll literally be in the middle of my most important meeting of the day, working from home. I'll be giving a presentation, even. And I will interrupt mid-sentence and tell someone, I, I'm sorry, I have to go kill this spider real quick. Um, I know that's not like technically an insect, but it's the, you know, just under- bugs in general. It's adjacent, insect adjacent, right? Um, but like, I, I'm not a, not a particular fan. I think you're getting at. You're not
1: a, uh, you're not an insect master.
2: Uh, I, I can't say that I am. It would be interesting well, to, to be an insect master, perhaps for, for a day. But I, I think that would just maybe
1: be, it would be interesting to hear your song. Insects master.
0: Insects. In Space is love.
1: all right and that was insects in my in my head so tell us about it it's cool it's cool i took I it uh who were really the influences have some that come to mind But i'm interested to hear what
2: yeah um i guess if i was to Say a st- like a style that I was kind of going for when making the track. I don't I don't often think about it in that way. I kind of make something and then I'll listen back to it and I'll be like, "Oh, that sounds like a so and so kind of track." But it's not normally the like the thing I set out to do. Um But I I I would say the easiest comparison to draw in my eyes would be to Res, just with like the leading through the first drop, just that style of wobble, the way that the arps come in and the kind of voice that's used for it. Um, But the reason that, you know, the very strange vocals that are used in the track are used is because of a a challenge that this was made for. So it was the idea started with an hour long production challenge and there was a sample pack provided and there was a must use sample. So you could use optionally, you know, any of the others, but there was one that you absolutely had to use no matter what. And that was the vocal of the huzzah. (laughs) And so, um, I actually used the huzzah to make the wobble in the first drop and the wobble in the second drop. Um, both Both of those are in some capacity derived from that you know serum working, it's magic and all. It's nothing super you know, oh my God, I'm the first person to ever do this sort of thing i i I don't think it's anything revolutionary. it was just a it was a fun creative process um and and obviously it's it's everything's layered, so that's like the meat of each of the sounds, but there's still like a separate sub sound and a separate like higher level little sizzle noise layer that's that's outside of the patch, but the, the main timbre comes from uh, those those serum patches that, that I made during the process. So I'd, I'd say, you know, but to answer your question, as I already did, Res is probably my comparison. <laughs> I don't know what you were going to uh, connect dots on, if it was that, or if it was something else, I'm curious uh, who you would have said. No,
1: Res is a cool comparison to make. Um, I mean, which artist would you say you think, just in general, kind of? are most influential i know you said that you don't kind of think in that sort of one-to-one kind of way but who would you say are sort of some of the bigger influences
2: it's it's honestly really hard just because i like i just don't i don't think like oh this is how i see so and so do this so i do it this way i literally just right but do you
1: have like reference tracks you use for like mixing and stuff
2: honestly like not a ton i think on this one i pulled up um i pulled up a song called bass cream which i think is sub docta and someone else if memory serves um just because it had similar uh similar tones and intensities of the bass sounds and for loudness purposes i wanted to at least somewhat match that it's it's a much more that one's a much more like steadily melodic track and and um a little bit less like you know r- sort of repeating like build drop build drop build drop. you know like that that was t- the most simple arrangement you know it just changes up the bass sound use but like you know it's right. it's not doing anything super you know ingenious from a from a composition perspective it was just kind of like Command D, command D, command D, now let me go change this patch, change this patch and like change the top line perks, but it's a steady you know, kick snare the whole time through. Um, for that for that track, I, I, I don't you know keep the drums quite so consistent necessarily through everything I make, but that one in particular that you know that was just kind of I was, I was just kind of in that mood. Uh, probably by product of you know what I started in the first hour and then just finishing it without wanting to rethink too much. Um, right. But uh, yeah, in terms of just general, like I, I guess I would, I would try to you know do sort of like just it, and strictly in the terms of the diversity of how many different kinds of music that Grizz makes. Like I would like to be able to you know make different kinds of electronic styles and, and have them all like, I think everything he makes just it smacks, but like he makes, you know, dubstep type stuff. He'll make like funkier tunes. He'll make house bangers. Right. But it's all got right sort of a grizz sound to it. And he's constantly changing his sound and, and trying to do things differently, do things better, more interesting, always trying to work with other artists, you know? Um, and so it abstractly, cause I don't, I don't know that I make the same kind of dubby sounds across the board that he does, uh, and I'm certainly not the musician that he is. I cannot play uh, a sax at all, and, and musically... But you can, you,
1: can you play any instruments?
2: So I, like, bullshitted guitar for maybe a year or three back in, like, middle school, but now I just use, like, a 25-key MIDI keyboard to play everything in, and, um, you know, I'm I'm not super musically trained, but I, I am kind of a learning junkie in some ways where if I get something to sink my teeth into and I, I can understand the value of it, I will. So I've, I have spent a lot of time trying to better understand things from a music theory perspective and, and how to, you know, like I have a friend who is very well classically trained and so I try to steal pointers and tips from him whenever I can on, you know, how to make better use of, uh, you know, the, the MIDI controller I do have. I've thought about, you know, picking back up the guitar again cuz I do have it sitting in my closet. Uh, but when I went to try to right. tune it up at the beginning of all this quarantine situation, I snapped a string and then just kind of got defeated and I was like, "Uh, eh, guess it's not meant to be." But uh I know I could totally just Makes get sense. new strings, but um it's it's sort of like you
1: Yeah, someone get this guy kind of new strings. Who anyone who's in the audience here <laughs> listening this. <to it. laughs> Send some guys some strings. Yeah. Do you want some nines or some like tens? <laughs> Skinny top, heavy bottom? What are we talking?
2: I, I don't even know well enough to answer that question. That's how out of it I, I am, you know. Um, but I look at it kind of <laughs> like, you know, you don't need another VST necessarily to take your music to the next level. So I don't I don't feel like I need to be getting a bunch of instruments or, you know, I, I would like to pick up a, an instrument before it's like too late to really learn something new. But... I don't think that that's really going to take my music to the next level just because I, you know, I learned how to play some guitar decently. I think I'll be able to write music just as effectively regardless. It might just be getting realistic sounding guitar on a track that I'm not able to do myself. But I, you know, I think if if you can find someone who can already do it and do it probably better than you're going to be able to and definitely faster i think it's a productivity thing you know
1: right yeah i mean ultimately the goal is to just write it ton the songs yeah
2: yeah and i mean from a performance aspect it would probably be f- you know fun to do and and i totally see the value there but i just don't i don't know at this time that's not that's not what's really i, know, I think keeping me up
1: at night i've also never seen it like done and, like not looking kind of hokey like, even the way Asan hello does only like, does it in his life i think looks kind of dumb visually uh
2: i i actually haven't seen him live i i can't really comment on that um <laughs> that's that's such an uncomfortable thing too cuz like i love i love his music um you know i i don't know i i didn't even know he incorporated guitar into his performances to be quite honest but um yeah 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 you know I I think there are things... He does kind
1: of like these weird, like, big, like, rock out moments that kind of just seem like I'm sure they're fun for him. That kind of would seem weird as an audience member. But
2: if they're fun for him, then that's kind of the point, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're up there performing and you're not having a good time, no one else will, you know? Right. I mean,
1: debatable. A good DJ can make other people have fun, even if they're not.
2: Yeah, that takes me back to college dj request (laughs) talk
1: talk about this let's 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 get into this
2: uh yeah um as i mentioned before i i dj'd for a while before i started making music and um that was kind of a similar progression i was i was like oh i love listening to (laughs) dj sets and that's cool but what if i made my own you know uh but this kind of line of thinking quickly gets you into like you know herding sheep uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that copy pasta. Oh, I, no! I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, but it, all the same, I was, I was like, you know, let me give it a try. I, I, you know, I think it'd be fun if nothing else. And so, you know, I, I made the mistake of picking up my first controller that didn't have its own sound card. So I learned how to DJ initially without being able to hear my cued tracks. Um, oh, that's not good. And and it's not, it's not good. Like the the things I was able to do or not do mix wise was it was just so limiting by comparison as soon as i got a real controller that had you know sound cards so i could you know i could listen to the cue tracks i was able to do more interesting and creative mixing things instead of just having to go by the really obvious visual cues in the waveforms and and hope that right. it sounded good and, and back then i had to i had to do a lot more like rehearsing because i wasn't able to make more decisions on the fly or go, go by how things sound. Cause it's like, until I hear something, I I'm not able to cue it up to sound good, uh, introducing. So, you know, that, that was, uh, short, short lived. I I think within about a year I got, I know a year is kind of a long time, but within a year I got, uh, my, my first one was a, it was a Newmark mixed track two, but not the pro just the, mixed track too and uh, right
1: so just to also for the audience you're doing this exclusively
2: digital there's no vinyl happening oh yeah no I do have a record player now but that's more for sampling purposes um, yeah I I never never really took the, the time to learn vinyl DJing because it's just it's really not approachable as a college student <laughs> um, to oh, get yeah, your no, hands on not. like decent enough Equipment and then even alone. Let's say you get good equipment, getting a, a collection of tunes, right? So, you know, I've I've always been digital. Um, I learned on. I even started messing around when I very first started, just with you know the classic Virtual DJ free on your computer, uh, just queuing up tracks and and playing around with that. And then you know it was it was a step up to get a you know actual controller, but still pretty pretty limited. And then I got the Mixtrack Quad next, which was like the world's most compact four-deck controller that still has four dedicated EQ knobs. I mean, it, they were so tightly together. Someone with any like any larger, like someone who's just your average six-foot-tall person with some like really beefy hands probably couldn't even turn one of the knobs without touching. Like if you were turning A, you were turning B because they were they were just so tightly right, together. Right. Um but fortunately in that in that case I do have, you know, rather nimble hands. Um that's
1: uh that's a, that's a <laughs> fun can of worms there. <laughs> nope, I'm getting the, uh, uh, not the audience <laughs> you can't see this.
2: Uh, um I am
1: making a clear sexual innuendo <laughs> and I am being turned down.
2: Let's let's just not go there. <laughs>
1: But speaking of places we can go, um, let's listen to another track. Let's listen to Hiding Spaces. that was fun what was the uh, what was the original track because you said that was a remix
2: yeah uh so it, it's not like a well-known track at all like it, it was just i was on a uh i was on another like discord so ser- i i find myself like in the span of a couple of weeks going from i like two discord servers to now, like 15 uh i yep. it, it's out of control at this point but uh anyways I, w- I was on one that that's for this this twitch streamer um who does these gauntlet challenges that are weekly things, and there are different themes that, you know, you can choose to to pursue. There's usually two, and then you kind of pick A or B. And so for this was the first one I had done, one option was that the theme was to take someone's previous submission and then reimagine it or reinterpret it somehow. So not being like a, you know, a graphic artist first these days or or, you know... Any kind of lyricist, I figured. Let me find someone's music contribution and and reach out, get the stems, and try to do a remix of it. So it's just this guy. Uh, I I'm assuming his name is Jay because that's what his username is, but you you really never know. Um, so so possibly Jay. Uh, he he was the one who recorded. You know, those were his vocals. As I mentioned, I'm not a vocalist, and and that's not me trying to be like humble and and i'm secretly you know voice of gold like you don't want me to sing um but he he had some really well, i mean
1: if you want to if you if you, if you want to sing for Silva now
2: no i'll take a hard pass on that um <laughs> and uh and so i reached out to jay i said hey man really really like to track i would like to you know remix it for this week's gauntlet got the stems from him unfortunately they're all wet stems and so um i i had to work with like really really reverb process stuff that i didn't know the reverb that went into it so um the the drums are a little dry compared to but uh but i also couldn't exactly match it because i i didn't know what it was and now i found out it was it was like fl studios default like fruity reverb or whatever it is that was used to process those. So I couldn't even directly match it exactly if I wanted to, but um, so I was working with a bunch of wet stems and, and that's not like a... Wet stems. You know, that can mean something literal, but for someone who's not musically informed, wet stems generally just refers to like wet as in very processed. and uh, And in this right. case, it was a lot of reverb and some delay, which didn't sound bad. It just was hard to come up with you know drums that fully matched um and so i you know i chose to restructure the song a little bit i i initially was given stems where it was just kind of ambiguous in its arrangement where it didn't really have you know honestly outside of pop and and the you know the kind of build drop songs um i don't know that there is like a one template for arrangement, but it, it was very just kind of, you know, the lyrics progressed, the chords were just, it, it wasn't really a progression. It was just going from C to F, 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 C to F which you can still hear because uh, I left a lot of the original instrumentation in it. But then in the drop sections, which were my instrumentation edition outside of the percussion, I used like a more right. standard kind of chord progression um, to switch it up. A yeah. Little and
1: I've bit. been working on my, uh, my first remix ever, Really, in earnest, the past uh, week. Um, And if we want, we can play that now. That's a remix of, do you know who Robert DeLong is?
2: Mm. No.
1: There's a a track called Better in College, and this is the uh, exclusive Hypotech remix, first cut.
2: We were never gonna make it out alive, we were barely getting by Now I'm bored of getting paid, now you're bored of getting late And we were never gonna make it out alive, we're still barely getting by by, by. I liked you better
0: in college, I thought I knew what I wanted was forever, I thought that you made me
1: Right, and so I guess the point of that was uh, that also came with very wet uh, vocals and very wet synthesis. It was very kind of difficult to work with uh, in that way.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge. I don't know that I could appreciate that in the sense that the you know the audio quality gets a little bit diminished and the the higher frequencies and the lower frequencies, like the, the extremes that you kind of hear, like the the unintentional lo-fi rendition of literally anything that, that you play in this format. So.
1: <clears throat> right. I'll have to take your word for well, it. The audience but, will be out here in high fidelity. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, nobody likes wet stems.
1: <laughs> nobody likes wet stems. That was, that was the point.
2: Yeah. I mean, I personally am in the habit of like only using reverb on Ascend. I, I rarely use insert reverbs. Um, I tend to just have anywhere between like two and four as sends. And then that's where all my reverb goes. Uh, Occasionally I'll have like reverb on a patch, but I wouldn't have, (coughs) I wouldn't have insert reverb on, on most things. Um, Of course there are exceptions. Like there's no such thing as a, hard rule in music and not to say that the way I do things is, is the way or, or the most correct. Uh, it's just, I, I found myself tripping on my feet when I was using a lot of inserts and someone just made the suggestion to, you know, try to use sends more than inserts and it probably makes your life easier. And it, and it it does not that you can't use inserts. It's just more of a challenge from a mixed perspective to have, I think, Cohesion and the track.
1: Yeah, no, I think it definitely does. I think it def- kind of depends on how I'm mixing. Like if I'm doing kind of like a more rock-oriented mix, I'll have like you know like your typical like you know five te- five to ten you know send layers, right? Where you know you have a short you have a short decay, you have short verb, you have a room verb, you know you have a hall verb, and then you have you know all your hundred vocal ones. Um. But I don't know. I, just, I guess I just find myself using reverb less and less lately. Um, I got in and out of phases with it. Like with a good reverb you can kind of keep the mix really low. And since I've been using like a Valhalla's Vintage Verb, I've been finding myself using um, no more than like 5% of that ever. Um, and it's, yeah, it definitely is a good way to clean up mixes.
2: So when you say five percent, like, like
1: the mix is at five like percent for the reverb. On an, yes, the wetness on an insert. On an insert, right?
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 my mixes sounded like shit when I was using inserts. I never like got <laughs> to the right ratio. I would probably, you know, go with the less is more approach. But <clears throat> with a right. obviously, you've just got it at hundred percent, and then you control the input amount uh, instead. I just like doing it because it, it lets me process the, the input a little bit more explicitly. Um, that's just whoa, it's, it's what makes sense to me. It's what works for me and not to, you know, that's just how I do it. I don't know. It just is. <laughs> uh, right,
1: and I think that's kind of maybe a good note to end on unless you had something else you wanted to kind of discuss
2: nah, I mean, um I'm here to answer any questions you have and and observe and uh, you know p- take part as I can in whatever antics and you know I don't, I don't right,
1: yeah, I mean, unless the audience here on the stream has any questions, um we'll throw it to you to you know plug your socials and call it and call it an episode. that's it for this week,
2: folks yeah, I mean i I guess I can i I would just it's like, I don't even post that often. I know that makes me such a like shitty artist and I'm never going to grow until I get really active on social. But like, you know, I could tell someone to follow me on Instagram and they're going to like, see nothing until I remember that I have one and post something. And then, you know, like the last thing I I posted was like a, Hey, I'm about to release this track. And then I never posted anything that said, and it's out now. It was just kind of like a, You you know, that's, that's how I'm at, but it's, yeah, it's just stupid fried sounds on Instagram. And then, stupid fried on soundcloud that's really
1: I was about to say because you said you finished 35 tracks this year are you not posting those? I
2: I do those are all on soundcloud yeah but I don't I don't always think oh let me go post it on instagram or whatever like just social media just doesn't it's not the front of my brain you know for for, for me this is as we've talked about like this is a hobby Um, yep so you know
1: all right. And do you have anything prov- well, I like to end my episode with the guests saying like something provocative and potentially incriminating.
2: Provocative. Um
1: do you have any do you have any Yes. Oh
2: jeez. I don't want to disappoint. Do you have
1: anything prov- provocative to say to the audience before we get out of here?
2: Provocative in what way?
1: You know, that's that's part of your artistry that
2: uh, man. I don't I don't even know. I feel like like i don't often have like provocative things to say just abstractly i mean if i'm trying to get a rise out of someone i would go up to that's
1: that's what this is all right
2: well fl studio sucks and there's my provocative comment
1: that and this has been obscura by hypotech with stupid fried thank you everyone for listening and we will see you again next week or if you're about to listen to another episode right now goodbye